You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. Are you enjoying the heat wave, such as it is? Those daytime temperatures are supposed to creep above 70 again, which had been a rarity since November. In other weather-related news, there's a high surf advisory in effect until Friday. Dear listener, we are podding with a heavy heart today. As the urban myth goes, celebrity deaths come in threes, and here we are saying a goodbye to Betty White, Sidney Poitier, and Bob Saget. Let's add a fourth, Dan Riley, the original Mr. Met, he of the comically oversized baseball for a head. Alas, they just don't make mascots like they used to. Fare thee well, Dan, and we'll see you at the great big baseball diamond in the sky. And since we've never been one for segues here at the current podcast, we won't even try. For this week's interview, our own Ronnie Zenon caught up with Chief Privacy Officer Pega Parsi. I am so happy to have our campus privacy officer, Pekka Parsi, join us this morning for our ITS podcast. So welcome, Pekka. Thank you, Ronnie. It's good to be here. My name is Pekka Parsi. I am the chief privacy officer here at UC San Diego. Wonderful. I know that this episode will be released just before a training session that you have and a film screening in celebration of Data Privacy Week. So I was really encouraged or really excited to have you join us to talk about Data Privacy Week and the activities that are coming up. So you have a training session on Thursday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., your Privacy 101 training, and folks can reach that through UC Learning, right? That's right. That's right. This is our monthly educational program that we have. And it is, like you said, the Privacy 101 workshop It is taught once a month. Um, it's open to anyone, anywhere that wants to attend. It's not specific to UC San Diego, although it is UC San Diego um, framed. Um, so anyone is welcome to, to attend and I hope they get a lot out of it. We do often get folks from all around the country on occasion from other countries that attend. So it makes it for kind of a lively discussion for us. That's awesome. If you can't make it this month, there'll be one next month. But to get back to Data Privacy Day, for those people that don't know, Data Privacy Day is celebrated internationally every year on January 28th. And that kicks off Data Privacy Month, which runs through all of February. So essentially January 28th through February 28th, we're going to be celebrating all things privacy. Yay. Just as we have in past years with supporting Data Privacy Day and Data Privacy Month, I have our cybersecurity website posted information for Data Privacy Week. And we also have a dedicated page for Data Privacy Week as well. So you can find the events for both your session this week and the other activities for Data Privacy Week posted there. I mentioned 
mentioned also on Friday that there's the film screening of the Social Dilemma documentary as part of the activity that the campus privacy officers are doing throughout UC. Can you speak to us about that initiative or that activity? Sure. So the system-wide UC privacy officers got together and decided to do a film screening of The Social Dilemma, followed by a panel discussion about the very, very important points that are made in the movie. So the movie itself, um, if you've not seen it, it is on Netflix. So you can watch it whenever works for you. Um, Or if you want a sense of community, you can watch it with everybody else. Um, Friday, January 14th, from 10 a.m. to noon. And then we will have the panel discussion with uh, some of our excellent experts here at University of California. We will have that on Friday, January 28th from 12 to 1. So if you haven't registered for that, please do. Um, There's a lot of really great content and discussions to, to go through. I have provided the registration information for that as well on our events page. And I did watch the trailer for the movie. So I'm really intrigued by the documentary and looking forward to Friday screening. Is there anything of note that you want to share about it with our listeners to encourage them to watch? Sure. I'm going to say something very unhelpful, and that's to say everything in the movie uh, was something that people need to know about and to delve into, especially, especially people that have children, children that use their devices or uh, are into online gaming and that kind of thing. I would highly recommend anybody watch the movie, but certainly if you have children, that's that's an important thing to understand about the way that technology is. I don't want to use the word manipulate, but maybe I will. (laughs) Manipulating them or monetizing their eyeballs to get them to engage longer and longer with particular platforms. So for example, things like TikTok or Facebook, not that any Young children are on Facebook, but they certainly are on TikTok and a variety of other um, other types of social apps. And having an understanding of how those things work and what uh, the technology behind them is meant to do and how it works to keep you engaged, that's an incredibly important thing for people to understand. And understand that uh, the technologists that have built these systems or developed these types of programs, you know, maybe they meant well initially that that's probably even even debatable but there are some very good ethical technologists that are pushing back in the in the ecosystem and saying no what we've been doing the way that we've been making money the way that we've monetized people is not okay it's not ethical Uh, if you are interested at all in the ethics of technology if you're interested in the future of technology if you're interested in the way that technology influences society and certainly if you're interested in privacy i would definitely recommend watching the movie yeah i i think that we tend to think of these apps as being so innocuous without considering that there could be some either nefarious behavior or misuse of the vast amounts of data that they collect that we just aren't even considering as possibilities. So I I think things like the social dilemma, um, it seems can can open our eyes to the reality of what's happening with those apps behind our observational sphere, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. I would say that 
they're not at all innocuous, right? <laughs> These apps are not at all innocuous and uh, they don't just work, you know, passively in the background. They're actively working to get you to engage more, to get children to engage more and using their data to figure out how to make them engage more. Whether that is uh, to send them push notifications endlessly and, and getting their brains used to having that, that perk that yeah. pick up in a constant, uh, on a constant basis to the vast amount of information that they collect from people. I think all of it is something that we should all be concerned about at the very least and engaging with. What is it that you find most important or compelling about the Data Privacy Week or Data Privacy Month initiatives and privacy awareness in general? Sure. I think that privacy is still, to this day, an, an up-and-coming field. It has definitely picked up steam in the last 10 years, primarily due to the proliferation of various very stringent data privacy laws around the world, including, for example, the General Data Protection Regulation, the GDPR, and the California privacy laws that have been passed. But it's still an up-and-coming field, meaning that there's sort of a group of experts that understand the issues, people, technologists, privacy experts, legal experts, uh, data experts that understand the issues. But the rest of society, the general public, hasn't even scratched the surface of understanding what the concerns are and what the consequences can be. So one thing I really like about Data Privacy Day and Data Privacy Month is that it gives the privacy advocates a chance to raise that awareness, to get people to listen to what we're saying and try to make it understandable and digestible by the public uh, so that they'll engage because really this is something I know maybe intuitively we think privacy is a very personal matter, but in fact, privacy is a social concern. Privacy is so important to social movements and healthy democracies, healthy debate. It's important to freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of research. So important to those things that it's very difficult in this day and age anyway, to think of privacy as just a personal matter. So I would say that for all of our civic-minded students, all of our civic-minded uh, community members that are interested in the way that the world is going, people that are activists and, and care about the well-being of society, it's very important for them to, to engage and understand how our data are being used to certainly to benefit us in certain circumstances, but also used against us and used in nefarious ways by a variety of different actors. It's certainly, I guess, kind of frightening that you say the lay person has not even scratched the surface of understanding how our data is, is being used. So I guess that's, that's a big push to, I think, to get people to engage and understand more about privacy. So attending things like the Social Dilemma screening and the panel that campus privacy officers are holding at the end of the month, I think will be key things for our community to participate in. So that's I'm right. happy. Yes, that's right. So we do have, like you were mentioning, we have the film screening coming up. We have the panel discussion coming up. There is another panel 
panel at UC Berkeley is hosting on January 26th at 11 o'clock. And that is about people that are interested in privacy as a career. So the panel itself is about breaking down barriers in privacy careers for underrepresented populations. So if anybody's interested in breaking into privacy, whether or not you're an underrepresented population, that is sure to be an interesting panel as well. Great. And I will post the information about that also now that you've shared it with me to our cybersecurity and privacy events pages. It definitely is something that I enjoy being able to do is propping up privacy in relationship to the cybersecurity efforts that I'm putting forward here on campus. I really do appreciate and enjoy the collaboration and mutual support that we can give to each other in our programs. Absolutely. And you're a fantastic privacy champion, Ronice, and I appreciate everything you do to lift up the privacy voice uh, on our campus and UCY. I appreciate that. Glad to. Thank you. The other thing we have that I should mention is that throughout Data Privacy Month, we're going to be releasing different articles that will be authored by different privacy officers around the system. So be on the lookout. I think that there'll be once a week, we'll have privacy related articles out. That's wonderful to know. I will be writing one on your data in a day. What data are collected from you as you go about doing your regular stuff throughout your day. So you'll have a good understanding of all the places that you're spewing out information in the world. So will we be able to find those articles on your privacy.ucsd.edu site? They'll be for the UC system. This is for everybody to be exposed to. The the privacy officers around the system decided it would be a good idea for all of us to band together and push out content as a unified group. So we're gonna we're gonna do things all together this year. That's always wonderful. Yes, it is. And I'm presuming you are on the panel for the data privacy event that the campus privacy officers are holding at the end of the month. Is that the case? Yes, I'm actually on both of the panels that we've talked about so far. I'm on the one that is on January 26th about privacy careers for underrepresented populations. And I'm also on the panel of experts on the 28th for the social dilemma. So can you give us perhaps a teaser of issues that you may touch on from the film to, again, encourage folks to attend that as well? Yeah, I think it'll come as as no surprise to anyone that has ever heard me talk that uh, I often analogize between the privacy, uh, our data regime now and environmental movements of, you know, a a few decades ago, because I see those parallels as being so close together where something catastrophic is going to happen in the future. We know it, we see it again, just like the environmental movement. We know it, it's going to happen in 50, 60, 70 years. We see the same thing with our data collection um, industry that we have right now. We see those effects, those deleterious effects on our social movements, on our behavior in the future. And so what we ask for is for people to engage now because it's so important to rein in this monster that we've unleashed and and that the movie discusses. One thing that is striking about the movie is that it does... uh, interview a lot of tech executives, people that were foundational to many of these tech companies that we're so familiar with. And at the end 
of the movie, not to, I guess this is a spoiler alert. I don't know if documentaries have spoiler alerts, but here you are. Um, they ask them, would you let your children use these platforms? And they all said, no, I don't trust them. I don't think they're doing any, I don't think that the benefit they provide. Oh, I feel like I did spoil it for you, Ronnie. the look you're giving me. <laughs> anyway, that is what they say. They say, I don't trust it. I think that it has gotten out of hand. And even if there was no malicious intent going into it at the beginning, it's now turned into a much wider monster that we're having trouble getting a handle on. It's almost like it's got a brain of its own at this point. And so, uh, you know, it's just very interesting for people that are in the know, much more than you and I are, for them to, to ring that bell and say, no, this is not okay. This is going to harm people in the future. This is going to harm us now. So the other different type of analogy is tobacco companies in the past, right? Where they marketed to children in significant ways, knowing that if they get them hooked at a young age, they'll be customers for life. And it's the same thing now when you look at young children who are attached to their devices, who aren't used to being off of them or just being bored a little bit or doing something in, in person or off their device or communicating and socializing away from the internet. There, there's a lot of parallels with the tobacco companies. So I say that to say, maybe I'm a broken record at this point, please engage and understand what's happening. Even if at the end of it, you decide I'm okay accepting this risk and I'm okay accepting this risk for my family and my children, and I'm going to continue to be a part of this ecosystem, you know, that's your, that's your choice, but you should understand the risk rather than blindly going into something kind of like one would as a, as a young child who begins smoking, right? You need to understand what that means for you in 40, 50 years. So making an informed decision. That's right. So, and the face that I made that uh, you commented on is more about, you know, oh, this cat is already out of the bat. You know, my sons are already engaging with some of these social media platforms. And so I feel like, okay, what do I need to do to, to rein this back in? So that's going to bring a big family discussion. And I'd already had the social dilemma marked as something for us to watch together as a family. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I did the same thing for, for my little cousin and made everybody sit down and watch it. So is there any main takeaway or action that you have for folks out of data privacy day, week, month? I would say that people that can, that can fit it into their schedule, please engage with some of the, the great events that we have coming up for the month or read some of the articles, get engaged in the privacy conversation. It's a, it's a very important one and we need you and your expertise to know more about the issues, to, to come up with sort of creative solutions to, to this problem that we have. I know that it's easy for us to throw up our hands and disengage and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. This is just the way that the world is now. But it really doesn't have to be. There are different business models and ways of getting engagement that don't have to be this intrusive or this problematic. So I would encourage folks to engage and attend some of these and have those conversations with your with your friends and family and see, see what you all come up with. Wonderful. The other thing that I tell people 
again, I say this in my privacy one-on-one workshop all the time. My personal goal is not to disengage. I'm not a Luddite. I'm not one that wants to be completely off technology. I use technology myself, but I tell people to be mindful of what apps, what websites you engage with. And to really try just to reduce your digital footprint. You don't have to stop using everything, but A, know the risks of the things you are using and B, try to minimize the things that you just don't need. Some things are just extra entertainment. Some things are extra things buzzing on your phone that you just don't need. And I think we're all used to that feeling of constantly getting that buzz every time our phone sends us a little push of some sort. Um, I remember, and this was a few years ago where I got a news alert on my phone um, and it was something very you know, bad had happened in the world. But right then and there, I did not need to know, you know, during lunch with a colleague right then, it could have waited. I could have read about it later that evening. I could have read about it watching the evening news or whatever, you know, other ways of getting that information. But it put me in such a dreadful mood. And I thought I'm going to turn off my news notifications because there's no reason for me to have to know this information, you know, at the time that the news app thinks I should know it. It's all right. It's okay if I don't find out about this particular news item until later in the day when I set aside time for news, you know? So I turned off my notifications. And in fact, at this point, I almost none of my apps send me push notifications. I've turned that off. No, thank you. (laughs) If I'll need it, I'll ask for it, but I don't need that in my life. We already all have enough stress including just low-level enduring stress. And we don't need to add to it. So anything that I can remove that's unnecessary, I do. And, you know, I urge other people to, to think about that too. Think about all the apps that you have or all the websites you engage with and say, is this really adding as much value as I think? Or is it actually causing me more stress and anxiety at the end of the day? Those are yeah. the things I would ask people to do. Engage, reduce your digital footprint, and maybe turn off those, those push notifications. I do tend to do that as well. So that is, that is good to know. Well, thank you so much, Pega. I want to remind everyone to visit privacy.ucsd.edu and also the blink.ucsd.edu slash go slash cybersecurity websites to find the information about all of the things that we have shared here today. Uh, Again, thank you, Pega, for joining me. I'm always pleasantly pleased to have an opportunity to speak with you. You too, Ronis. Thank you so much. Always good catching up with you. Thank you, Ronis and Pega. I think some song lyrics are way overdue, don't you? Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paperboy, the evening TV. How did I get delivered here? Somebody. Tell me, please. The old world's confusing me. Clouds as mean as you've ever seen. Ain't a bird who knows your tune. Then a little voice inside you whispers, Kid, don't sell your dreams so soon. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, there's a heart, a hand to hold on to. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, there's a face of somebody who needs you everywhere you look. When you're lost out there and you're all alone, a light is waiting to carry you home, everywhere you look. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know 
that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.